Did stay-at-home orders during the pandemic inspire you to bake a loaf of banana bread or whip up a dozen cookies? You're not alone. I can tell you my daughter baked way too many cookies for my waistline. Many Americans sought comfort in their kitchens. Thankfully, store shelves remain stocked with sugar thanks to the hard work of America's sugar farmers and workers. And sugar is more than just a sweet treat. The industry has played an integral part in sustaining our rural communities during this tough time. Welcome to Groundwork. I'm your host, Tom Sell. Today, I'm gonna to be talking about uh, talking to two guests from the sugar industry about how they've adapted their work to the challenges created by the COVID-19 pandemic. They've kept sugar moving from farm to table and supported farm family. Each guest comes with a unique story to tell about how they are helping their communities. First, we'll speak with Denny Emel, the founder and executive director of Fast Food Farm in St. James Parish, Louisiana. Then we'll speak with Lisa Borgen, Vice President of, the, of Administration at the American Crystal Sugar Company, which is headquartered in Moorhead, Minnesota. But first, let's head south to Louisiana, sugarcane country, uh, with Ms. Denny Emel. Denny has been involved with sugarcane farming for decades, but was concerned that local children were losing touch with agriculture. I think many of us in the field of agriculture have seen that. Some of them didn't even know that the sugar on their table came from a plant grown right there in Louisiana. So nearly 20 years ago, Denny founded the Fast Food Farm. It's a nonprofit teaching farm, which has helped fill really a pressing educational need during the pandemic. Denny, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell me just a bit, if you would, about the Fast Food Farm. About, like you said, 20 years ago, I created the, uh, the Fast Food Farm because I just saw the greater disconnect of the children with farming or even having a backyard garden. I just felt there was a tremendous need for that connection. So with the fast-paced world we were uh, leading into, we created the nonprofit known as Fast Food Farm. And we created that uh, in the middle of our sugarcane fields. It's two and a half acre of, acres of land that's cut out of the middle of it. And we formed physical plots in the shape of a hamburger, a hot dog, a box of french fries, a taco and a chicken coop. And it grows in each one of those plots for each item that it uh, takes to make those items. For instance, we grow wheat for the buns and we grow soybeans to mix into the, with the oil to make the mayo for the condiments. So we have everything it takes all the way down to the condiments and the spices that it takes shown and grown for the kids to learn where their food comes from. Because in this fast-paced world today, it all started where everyone was so busy and the kids think all we do is go to the grocery store or drive up to a window to get our food. That's incredible. So this has just gotta be like a completely different world when you get school kids out there uh, in the middle of a sugarcane field, carved out in, in the shape of, of, of these food products. I'm sure their eyes just light up. Could you just talk a little bit about that? It is. And the teachers, uh, as well as seeing it within the children, the teachers tell us those kids are totally different out here. Uh, they get so excited. Naturally, we have the farm animals out there in the chicken coop because we have also uh, in our chicken coop created and put our uh, other animals because the kids so love animals. 
And we did that for a purpose of showing them in nature that they can all live together so they can see how things go in nature so it could be the same with us. Uh, so in our chicken coop, we've added like turkeys and geese and ducks and rabbits when we have them living together and uh, still uh, keeping a happy life. But when they come, um, they're, they're seeing what has grown. They get so excited to pick their own uh, vegetables. But also that's what they see physically there. But we have like a hundred activities that they are getting to partake into that they really get excited about. That is so incredible. I'd love to see it uh, myself. So when COVID-19 canceled school and put an end to the field trips, sadly, you organized drive-through field trips. Isn't that right? Yes. Um, when the COVID-19 came through, we were in the middle of being, uh, having to hold our one of our two really large events of the year. It was going to be held on April 3rd. I had bought all the supplies to come together with 34 different activities for the students to do uh, on that day. So when this hit, I just kept feeling I've got to do something. I've got to figure out how do I get to teach about agriculture to these children when they're not in school and they can't come to me uh, per se as a field trip. So I just kept trying to figure it out. And I said, you know, they can drive through. The parents can drive through here. I can have these little kits that I put together. Uh, and I called them activities in a bag. And so uh, we started and we in the, uh, towards the end of April by doing these. And we did them once a week, every week for five weeks. Um, we had two activities in a bag because most cars that will drive through would have at least two children in it most of the time uh, as a family. And so we, we did that. And it was such a tremendous appreciation from those parents when they came through thanking us for doing this. Uh, and at the note of their little instruction sheet, I just said, please share with us pictures of the kids doing their activities. We had an abundance uh, coming back and making the pictures available on our page for the uh, fast food farm. And you could see how excited these kids were into making all their little activities. Yeah, those pictures are fantastic. And I'm sure the parents learned a lot. We, we've all talked through this COVID-19 pandemic of how hopefully we all have a greater appreciation of the fact that you know, our, our store shelves don't remain stocked by accident. It, it's not just something that happens. There's an incredible supply chain, starting with the farmer, uh, that gets uh, those food and fiber products from, from the field to the uh, supermarket shelves and ultimately to our table. Um, it's, it's a remarkable production system. And man, it's just so neat that you're given uh, kids and families and schools uh, a great picture of that. So. Uh, Denny, you've also been donating fresh produce and eggs, as I understand, to the St. Vincent de Paul Charitable Organization for many, many years, but I'm sure those donations are even more important than ever now to keep your neighbors fed. Why is it important? What, what's your ethic? Why is it important? Why is it you feel it's so important to give back in this way? I, I just 
I always have had since always since I was a little kid because I grew up on a produce farm, married a sugar cane farmer, and I've always so was in touch of doing that. We did that as a child, and uh, to be able to always be able to supply those in need. So when I've created this farm, I made sure we have 12 boxes that's plant a row for the, uh, it's, well, it used to be roses, plant a box for the needy. So we grow vegetables precisely to give to the needy because I want the students also to learn about that, to gain compassion, gain compassion of the land while they're working it with me, to gain compassion for other people. It's just such a wonderful way to teach them to build life skills within a person if they can be working part of that land and then giving it to the needy. So we've started it way back when uh, there's a, um, it's called St. Vincent de Paul Society here that gives out twice a month to those eligible that are in need of. Uh, so we have always contributed to them. Uh, they so appreciate the fresh produce they can get because they mostly get canned goods. Um, and when we started giving them the eggs through a grant, we've received um, the grant covers the expenses for our chickens. So that's why we are able to, it pays for the feed and, and anything else that expires for that because we donate our eggs. And someone figured out for me that within the January and March, I fed 554 people eggs in that span. So in this pandemic, it was just so much more touching that I made sure that we put together bags for every two weeks to be given out to those needy. Uh, tomorrow, we start processing that again. Uh, to be given out on Wednesday to the um, the needy. It really is a, a beautiful picture, and it's uh, it, it's uh, it's exceptional what you're doing. But I, I got to say, it's also it's a fairly common thing that you see in rural America. Most farmers want to give back. They have a culture of generosity, and you see it in different forms, from you know gleaning to to uh, uh, just direct contributions. But obviously fresh product like eggs or, or fresh produce, you have something special that connects very directly. What a blessing. So as farmers, I know we have another cultural ethic and that is we want to leave the land better than we found it. We want to pass it on to the next generation in better shape than it was passed to us. How does sustainability factor into your mission there at the fast food farm? You know, there's it's so many ways and so many things that we do do in at the farm that does. I mean, naturally teach them how to grow their own food is one way of great sustainability that everyone can can help in that process of growing at least a few of their vegetables they so love to eat. Uh, but in many of our activities, we teach so many aspects of that. We teach about recycling. In fact, one of the little activities in a bag was about a recyclable pot that they got to plant their seeds to grow their vegetables in a, a recyclable pot that they just put in the ground that turns to earth. We um, teach about composting. We teach about worm composting. We teach about the environment and how um, they need to take care of our earth 
um, we do through many activities that are some of them are edible. And let me tell you, when it's something that they can eat, they remember so much greater. We do a, a topographical map where they learn about watersheds. We do a, um, a, a drop in the bucket for them to understand there's water, water everywhere, but we don't have that much water that is available for us for use and drink. We teach uh, Apple as the earth to make them understand that it's just a sliver of the earth that can produce the food for the whole world. Uh, for us to eat. We teach all those bases. We teach uh, recycling. We do an earth bracelet that the last bead that they're going to put on that bracelet tells, tells all about the circle of the earth. That last bead that we put on that bracelet is the people bead. That people bead adjusts the bracelet for their wrist. And I tell them, we are the adjusters of the earth. We, the people, have to take care of the earth. And so there's so many different activities that I do in teaching just, just what, what is important for our earth, our water, and all of us that we're responsible. I love it, Denny. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. And thank you, most of all, for giving back in the way that you have. Sugar is also produced from sugar beets, which American Crystal Sugar Company knows a lot about. American Crystal is a cooperative owned by nearly 2,800 sugar beet growers in the Red River Valley in Minnesota and North Dakota. Um, American Crystal produces and sells about 3 billion pounds of sugar a year. And it was important that the pandemic didn't slow operations. So American Crystal immediately put measures in place to keep their workers safe. Here to talk more about that is Lisa, uh, American Crystal's Vice President of Administration. Lisa, sounds like you've been extremely busy. Thanks for taking time to join us um, today. Now, I know that safety has always been paramount at American Crystal, but what additional measures have you put in place during this public health crisis? Well, thanks for having me, Tom. So, you know, we were watching the coronavirus from the beginning of the year and kind of keeping it on our radar. And even before there were stay-home orders or that the um, country as a whole was really on lookout, we decided that we should post some um, stay safe and stay well posters around our factories and our offices. So we started talking about the spread of germs back in early February. And as soon as the CDC started becoming a little more serious on their recommendations, we began following those recommendations with the social distancing um, washing your hands, et cetera. And then, yeah, and then in March, when things really started heating up, we determined that we should limit our number of meetings that we were having, the number of people at meetings. And it was about that time that in Minnesota, there was a stay-at-home order issued by the governor. Boy, it's been such a wild spring. And obviously, during that time, all agricultural enterprises were deemed critical industry infrastructure certainly our leaders know and understand. We all in the food business know and understand if, if we don't keep processing the food to keep people fed, we'll have a lot bigger problems than, than, uh, than even the pandemic. But with that, why was it so important? Being an essential employee was really an important thing to communicate to all of our employees, to make them understand how important 
the food supply for the country is and that we are a very important part of the food supply. So we did a lot of communication with them about how it was so important to keep everyone safe and healthy so that we could continue our civic duty really to, to provide that very essential ingredient to the food supply. And our employees took that very seriously. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of, of stating it and, and because it is just an absolutely critical role and it's a service that we provide to, to society uh, in, a, in a very big way. So why was it just so important in that time for American Crystal to act so quickly? Well, we knew that if we did not act quickly and we did get some cases of the coronavirus in our plants, that it it potentially could shut us down. So we put into place some um, restrictions on travel right away. We added additional occupational health nurses so that we would have a nurse in every location so that all employees could have a resource to talk to personally. We began taking people's temperatures as soon as we could get ourselves some thermometers, which as you know, were in very short supply. And we also um, required masks as soon as we could get those as well. So we have face coverings, uh, disposable masks. They can use a face shield on their hard hat. All of those things we felt were critically important to make sure that we weren't spreading germs around the factory. And additionally, we gave every employee a bank of 40 hours of what we call COVID sick time. So in the event that they had symptoms, a fever, had been exposed to someone, they were all given 40 hours of additional paid sick time that they could stay home because really we want people to stay home when they're not feeling well. And we think that that made a big difference for us. Yeah, that sounds like smart policy, just out of an abundance of, of, of caution. There's a lot of talk right now about supply chains and, and what that means. And maybe if you could just help people understand how critical it is for American Crystal Sugar to keep operating so that you can meet your customers' needs. Who are some of your big customers? Um, and, and why was it so important um, uh, just for American Crystal uniquely uh, uh, to keep those lines running and keep the, 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 the sugar being processed? Well, at, at Crystal Sugar, um, sugar beets are a perishable product. So we have our beets out on the piles. We keep them cold even through the spring and continue to make sugar. But in the summer months when we shut down our plants for maintenance, we continue to ship out the sugar to all the customers who are using sugar. And I think any candy, confectionery, uh, sweet drink that you can think of is a customer of American Crystal Sugar. We are very proud to um, provide our sugar to all of the big manufacturers. And if we were unable to get that sugar to them and they were unable to make those products, then the country as a whole would have a shortage of all of the things that people love. And sugar isn't just in cookies and candy and drinks. Sugar is in almost every other um, thing that you buy on the shelf because it really adds just a little bit of flavor and just that goodness to everything. So having sugar available to all of the manufacturers in the country is critically important. And I think that's why we as a company and our employees especially understand how important it is for them to stay healthy, be at work, continue to supply that critical ingredient to the United States food supply. 
I saw recently that American Crystal actually volunteered one of your polling stations as a location for people to receive drive up COVID-19 testing. So, you know, you're not only keeping your employees safe, but helping keep the communities safe as well. What, what are some of the other ways that American Crystal has invested in your communities during this, during this crisis? Well, we have always had a um, community roots program, and that is our community giving program as well as support. So we have a really close relationship with all of the communities in which we do business. And the one that you were speaking of, Hillsboro, North Dakota, is a small town. Uh, they do have a clinic, but they didn't really have the ability to test a lot of people. So they asked us if they could use one of our cement slabs that we use during piling which is empty right now and we were very happy to accommodate them and then people could drive through and get testing so we did that in Hillsboro. We also um, supported all of our communities restaurants the locally owned non-chain restaurants we purchased gift cards from all of those different restaurants and gave $75 of restaurant um, gift cards to 1,500 employees. That was kind of a way to thank our employees for taking it seriously with all the restrictions that we were imposing on them and also thanking our communities and supporting those restaurants who were closed, but they were also still doing takeout, so we were hoping to support them. That's awesome. I hope they baked some some great pies with high-grade American <laughs> <laughs> well, it's we think they do. We think they do. And we also did kind of a fun thing on social media. We call it the sugar shelfie. And one of our uh, social media team members went around to all the local convenience stores or grocery stores and took a picture of herself by the shelf of sugar, crystal sugar, and really promoted those locally owned convenience and grocery stores. I love it. It's, it's, you see the full circle, but it's, it's a beautiful thing how, how your company, American Crystal Sugar, has invested in the community and, and its people who, who are producing this, this product that's so essential for, for our nation. It's energy for society uh, on a daily basis. So thank you for telling that story. Uh, I just got to say thank you so much to both Denny and, and Lisa for joining me and sharing just a small slice of the inspiring work that's happening in the sugar industry and really all across rural America. We're all in this together. That's it for this episode of Groundwork. I'm Tom Sell.